Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, with Star Sound Astrology, episode 201. And this is going to be about the astrology of October 2022. And before I get into that, I'm just going to share some thoughts about Hurricane Ian and such. And um, plus a place, a great place that you can give if you want to donate funds uh, to the relief efforts. And then I'm going to talk about the week ahead and then just give a general overview of October. It's a very powerful month. The winds of change begin, right? And and um, we have a, it's, it's definitely going to be pretty intense, especially mid-October to like mid-November, I would say overall, that's going to be uh, quite the ride, but I'm going to break it down for you so we can see what we can do here, some great empowerment and, you know, see the weather ahead. So, um, just, um, in terms of, you know, Hurricane Ian, obviously, uh, first of all, I just want to, you know, thank you all for reaching out. Um, yes, I'm okay. Uh, it's a miracle. I didn't, we did not lose our power. This is the first time I've ever not lost power. And, um, the hurricane, uh, passed over, but, um, no damage, no flooding. Uh, unfortunately, as we know, you know, Southwest Florida was very badly affected. Orlando, very badly affected a lot of flooding and um, really, you know, one of the worst events, you know, it's something like the fifth toughest hurricane and in terms of like damage and size, uh, maybe it could be the most costly. I don't know. It's just, you know, Fort Myers, the grid apparently is down. It's not even like turning on the electricity again. Like there's no grid, there's no running water. It's, it's really bad. So if you um, are feeling to donate, I have a, um, let me go grab this for you here. Yeah, there's a great um, relief effort. I, I always give to these people in times of disasters and such. It's called um, directrelief.org, Five Stars Charity Navigator. Most of their money goes, like virtually all the money goes to the actual relief efforts, not to the administrative salaries. They hardly make any money. They practically do this for free. They're amazing worldwide. You can designate it just for Hurricane Ian or whatever kind of relief work around the world. So um, anyway, I, I highly recommend them if you are interested. Uh, the other thing I wanted to share was, hold on, let me grab the, uh, a picture of just to show you the kind of, I know we've probably seen a lot of, you know, unbelievable pictures. It took me hours and hours of, you know, all I did after the hurricane, which is typically what, what I do is just look at pictures look at pictures and i know we've seen some pretty pretty bad ones um but anyway i want to show you here okay here is a picture of the flooding so everything in blue is where the water came it, this is land that was inundated in water with it may have exceeded six feet you think about that here it is punta gorda this is southwest florida as you can see here, the path of Hurricane Ian, but the, the amount here, the entire city of Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Estero, Bonita Springs, North Naples and Naples. Naples is one of the highest per capita income households in the country. It's got like one of the highest, you know, most millionaires per capita in the country. At least they had that a few years ago. And I think it's still, it's still there. Well, you know, what does money do? In a time like this, right? <laughs> well, unless you got out of the dodge, but all of this land underwater. 
you can notice too, they always say if you're ever in a hurricane, you want to be on the, if it's going in this direction, you always want to be in the northeast quadrant of the direction that it's going. I mean, away from the, the northeast quadrant is the worst. So that would be this side of Hurricane Ian going northeast. Um, as you can see, you can visually see the difference, how little of it show, showed up here. But meanwhile, here's where it all so much bigger. So anyway, I just want to share that in case you ever find yourself in a hurricane. Um, God willing, you don't. But um, yeah, always try it if you have faith in, is in your favor. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just keep praying for, for these people. Um, it's, you know, with the grid being down, I mean, it's not even like turning on the electricity, like I was saying, it's just really, really, really bad. So um, our prayers go out to, to everybody there affected and um, our prayers continue. And of course, it did also hit in the Carolinas and all. Um, but um, this is going to take months to rebuild the infrastructure um, Pluto and its final degrees of Capricorn. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Anyway, um, let's go to the um, the uh, weather, the astral weather for this week and this month. So the general overview for this week, and then I'll uh, uh, the, the general transits walk through with that, and then I'll talk about the um, you know the month at large. Of course, it's eclipse month. It's huge. A lot of really important things are going to be taking place. So we start with Sunday, October 2nd, uh, Mercury goes direct in its domicile, home sign of Virgo. So this is definitely good news for relief efforts because um, Mercury governing communications and things going direct, it's going to be a lot easier. Of course, it'll take a few days before it really kicks in. It's almost like you're waking up out of bed and putting your feet on the ground before, you know, before you start walking, right? It's a little bit of a changeover, but it is good news. And um, now just five planets are retrograde. So um, by the end of the week, Pluto will station direct. So that's four planets. Will only only four will be retrograde. It's been a lot over the last over the summer. It's summer of retrogrades. We had six planets at one point in up until now in retrograde. So that's that's a lot where you feel like you can't move ahead or things are felt slowed. Now that Mercury is direct, we're going to start to feel a little bit more movement going on there. Um, it's also the um, final square of the Saturn and Uranus, um, the final square of Saturn and Uranus, which has been a long, you know, almost two year story, outer planets squaring each other. It's what brought the, unfortunately, the capital riots. It's certainly um, this need to change, but like, how do we change and, and um, recognizing and valuing and thinking outside the box, but also um, with a purpose. And um, and what will create stability and sustainability for the long term, right? And so this final square is happening. Um, it'll be most tight through um, this week and into next week through Tuesday, October twelfth. It'll be um, you know at eighteen degrees. So it's it's and then it'll start to pull away, right? So you're honest with a little further away, but Saturn will will pull away and. Um, and so it is the most tight right now. So these these themes are still showing up very powerfully. Um, you know, I think about the the devastation in in um, uh, when you saw those uh, trashed houses um, that were mobile homes, like literally like right on the ocean front. And I think about wow, that there's a message. There's a Saturn Uranus message. You know, the 
Saturn, Uranus and Taurus is breaking up our comfort zone. And Saturn is like, think long-term and think responsibly. So is it responsible with hurricanes and global warming and rising seas to have a, you know, a mobile home park on the water, you know, and, and, and this is like the universe saying, hey, you know, it's time like we, to go back and rebuild that would just be idiotic, honestly, you know, it's like as much as, but it's this tug of war between I want my comfort and, and doing what's best for everybody. And, um, you know, so this, this kind of thing going on, I just think it's interesting that the, um, the uh, hurricane is showing us that, but this, this tug of war between, you know, our values versus what is best for, for society in the long haul and all of us, you know, so anyway, final square. Um, also, we have um, this week, we have um, the first, October 3rd, Monday through um, the 6th, we have the first Mars return of the USA. So this is a big month, not just because it's eclipses and the final square of Saturn Uranus and Mars going retrograde as if that wasn't enough, right? Um, as Mars is going retrograde, it's also the Mars return. And we get into this in more detail with the, if you haven't seen it already, Michael Bartlett, where I interviewed Michael Bartlett of Kepler College about Mars retrograde and Mars in Gemini. And we talk a lot about the USA chart. So if you had a chance to, to hear that, take a, take a look at that. Um, it is definitely um, worth listening to. But the, so this Mars retrograde is happening at the same time. It's mapped over the Mars return of the USA. So I thought that was very interesting. So definitely changes in with our allies in seventh house in, in the USA chart is, that rules um, relations with other countries and other, and other leaders. Well, obviously Queen Elizabeth passed away, but I, you know we could be seeing more, more of that as well as Mars goes through its retrograde journey over the next several months. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, the, the first pass will start on October 4th, Mars hitting 21 degrees of um, Gemini, which is exactly where it is in the USA chart. And then thank, it'll retrograde and hit that again around Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, and then it'll go direct again in March, March 6th. So there's, there's a journey that we're going to take here around our ideas and our beliefs and um, narratives, you know, and that we've told ourselves, that we've told in terms of our country, you know, relations with other countries and leaders, you know, so this is all um, due for um, a retros in, a, in a retrospect, in a reflection, right? And to reestablish and look at our goals, what goals do we want to achieve? Um, Gemini being the marketplace, you know, money and cash and marketplace retailing, uh, merchants you know and so this this is definitely going to bring a lot of um fundamental changes to to these areas uh october through october 10th we have um which is uh let's see mars is going to start squaring neptune so that this is again this is the first of three squares right so um we have as as Mars goes through its dance, its Mars return in the USA chart. It's also it's doing it as it's squaring Neptune. It'll square now, November and March. Um, and what does this look like? Well, there could be some confusion around where we want to go, um, or or being deceived, you know, and and being um, escapism, you know, fantasy illusions, escapism. 
um, with our uh, thoughts and our dreams and our plans. And, you know, Mars want, and Gemini wants facts and rational, rational goal making and the overlay, the, the square with, with Neptune is like, well, what about our dreams, you know, and so it's like, there's kind of like this conflict that has to be resolved and how to put things into action that are with our dreams, but also being efficient, you know, with that T-square with um, Mercury, Mars, Neptune, and Mercury all in this, this tight T-square. Um, you know, we don't want to be impulsive or reckless. We want to be, you know, we want to address things with efficiency and, um, you know, with kindness, compassion. We think about the Neptunian Pisces energies, right? Um, we want to think about others, like certainly, you know, the people, here we go back to the hurricane again, you know, the hurricane, there were these people, they kept telling all the, there's 30,000 first responders out there working on the wreckage and sadly pulling bodies and things and helping and rescuing people. And they kept saying, please don't drive around in your car to check on your house or look at the wreckage, you know, that you always get these looky-loos, but it's dangerous for one thing, you know, there, there's just it's such a chaotic place. But it, it, if you think about that square, it's like, oh, let's not, let's uh, think about others. So Mars and Gemini is like, I, my ideas, you know, but it's like, no, it's in a square going, wait a minute, think about other people, what's going to be efficient, you know, Mercury and Virgo, what, what kind of communications and connections do we want to make that'll create efficiency and service and not about me, me, me. So you could get to work and, you know, help rescue crews, but don't be selfish and like drive around and, you know, just think about yourself. So that, that idea we could translate to our own lives. Like, well, what, a, you know, how do we look at, um, how do we look at these things, our goals and our visions and our beliefs and, and, um, how can we marry it being like we're not going to sell out, but we're also thinking about others and we're um, and we're doing it, you know, we're engaging with our wishes and hopes and dreams and service and we're engaging with, you know, effective communication. And so looking at it in a very proactive way. Um, so anyway, uh, the full month astro, you know, what do we have? We've got a full moon coming up uh, a week from now, um, Sunday, October 9th. We've got a full moon in Aries, which is at 16 degrees. And interesting, the you know, I'll certainly talk about this more next week, but it's a conjunct with Chiron. Chiron is, I think it's at 14 degrees of Aries. So, you know, Chiron conjunction, there could be this a feeling around our our sovereignty, you know, healing that wound around, you know, am I enough? My sovereignty. In the, in the desire for the new moon, you know, in Libra, now the, the culmination of that happens at the full moon. So in our desire to reach out and consider others, we also have to make sure we're not selling out, you know, with ourselves. And so there's this delicate balance and there could be some emotional upset around these things. Full moons always bring a lot of emotions up to the surface. It's around our comfort and our security and our family and our nurturing. And so standing strong, right, in that courageous Aries way, being courageous um, around, you know, what brings us comfort and, and bringing ourselves into this, um, we, we see how important it is to, to balance both, you know, this desire for harmony and agreement, but not um, selling out and compromising. So there's this check-in, you know, are we centered in our sovereignty as we are seeking peace? Are we centered? 
um, because you can't, if you're not centered in your own truth and self, then when you're, you're, you're giving away the farm and trying to negotiate things, and then you feel ripped off. And that's a shadow part of Libra, of that you know, new moon cycle here in Libra. We don't want to feel sh shut down or, or uh, compromised or, you know, like lesser than all for the sake of peace, you know, like that saying peace at any cost. It's like, no, that's that's shadow Libra peace at any cost. So the full moon is going to help us. It's, it will be a good cosmic check in. Um, are we selling out? Is there a right use of will? Um, is, it, is there a war of words going on? Um, maybe it should be constructive and not destructive. So these these ideas are going to be going to be coming up. Um, speak up passionately for our truth, but have an eye on peace. Um, the, the sun, you know, because it's in Aries, the sun is the exaltation ruler and triplicity um, ruler uh, by day. And so in the bounds of Venus, so this is like, okay, let's shine and be strong and brilliant and creative and play nice, right? Bounds of Venus. We got to play by Venus's rules. Everybody play nice. No bad language. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Mercury into Libra, the 10th to the 29th. Mercury goes into the sign of Libra. So this is definitely more energy for peacemaking and agreement and harmony. Um, this is like, you think about Mercury ruling the lungs and Libra in an air sign. It's like, okay, can we just like, it's just been in Virgo, that industrious, hardworking Virgo. And now it's like, whew, can everybody just take a breath? You know, can we all just come to an agreement and first breathe and then come to an agreement? Um, it's a, but it, and it's certainly, you know, thinking about it's a great uh, reconnection as we come back online with our broken things from Mercury retrograde, whatever didn't happen or misconnections, you know, we can like meld, smooth over those rough edges of whatever upsets we may have encountered. There's a place that we can come to that's in agreement and harmony for everybody. Um, Monday the 17th, we have the sun is in a trine, a nice trine with Mars and Gemini. So again, this is shining light and ass assistance with um, the peace and the harmony coexisting with one's desire to speak one's own truth. So it's, it's a nice help for that, for agreements and for our own ideas. Um, Saturday, we have this outrageous Venus Kazemi. I talked about it earlier, you know, um, where Venus is in the throne room of the sun exactly at 29 degrees. It's going to be really powerful. Just past that square with Pluto, but that's going to be a really in intense, uh, wonderful potential for the divine feminine consciousness, this Venus Kazemi um, in domicile with the sun there, the high priestess. You know, you get your private audience with the queen. And that can um, really, I would say, great downloads around our self-worth, wh whatever gender we find ourselves in, or no gender. Uh, self-worth is self-worth is self-worth. Talents, skills, self-worth, um, resources, our personal resources, our, our cash, like personal finance, money in the bank, you know, these great moments of um, clarity that are available to us in that Kazemi. I think cryptocurrency um, could be a real crypto moment too, as I talked about in previous podcasts. It's a, it's squaring. It, Pluto's at twenty six degrees, so it's just so we're incorporating all this deep shadow um, patriarchal 
you know, like toxic male patriarchy kind of healing. And it's like this em embodying uh, the um, these principles of fairness and equality in rebuilding our society and in rebuilding the own, our own foundations of how we personally operate in the world too. So that'll be really awesome. Um, then we go into just three more things, the solar eclipse um, on the October 25th. And I'll talk more about that in depth uh, later, but it's it's eclipse season, right? So about a week before the eclipse is when we really, two weeks even, I give it two weeks, you feel this, feels like storm clouds gathering or like what I call it, the um, the Maytag washer starts spinning, <laughs> you know? So this is not a good time to be, you know, making major decisions or whether it's like getting married or buying property. It's like, you know, when an eclipse is happening, there's things that you can't see literally like blind spots and they they get revealed later but it, it's definitely a, a it's a reveal it's a moment of um it's not easy right it's these are the eclipses are like super new moons on steroids new moons and full moons so in the in the south node solar eclipse in the sign of scorpio we're looking at finances investments um annuities wills states trusts death you know, death and and what needs to die um, and hanging on to old ways of control and manipulation and psychological manipulation. You know, this is a, a time where it's an exit point for those old, old energies and, and whatever is holding us back like that, what we're afraid of and afraid of confronting, afraid of the dark and afraid of the unknown, This these eclipses are going to wake us up depending on what area of your chart it's in but i'll you know we'll get more into that on another podcast um anyway we'll finish out the month with um october 28th we have jupiter retrograde is going to go back into pisces to dip its toe back in there and it will go direct around i think it's thanksgiving so for that end of october to end of november It'll be in the sign of Pisces near Neptune, not exactly on it, but about six degrees away. So we will have a little revisit of that magical time that we had earlier in this, in gosh, I can't believe spring, when we had the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. So it's another place and it's another opportunity to go back and revisit, you know, what are our hopes and dreams? What kind of ideals, you know, depending on what part of your chart it's in, the ideal job or the ideal home or relationship and we're looking to see you know wow what what now that we have some wisdom and we're in reflection about that we can bring back these dreams and hopes or rework them and so um i feel that um hopefully i'm thinking about too the war in um ukraine started when jupiter was in that those late late pisces which obviously, you know, could be, a, and as it was, unfortunately, a lot of tragedy and suffering, you know, with Pisces there. Um, however, it is, it looks as if there's been huge reversals with the, um, with Putin's uh, war. So, um, you know, it, hopefully we'll see an end to that conflict. I mean, gosh, you know, um, that would be really miraculous. So maybe there's some divine grace there for us for this um, process to keep going where they, they won't do this anymore, you know? So we're just gonna, you know, keep our fingers crossed, keep praying, hoping for the best. But I would say in general, in terms of our own lives, Jupiter and Pisces, when I think about higher wisdom with Jupiter, what is, you know, one's truth and cosmic, these cosmic transcendental experiences that 
can really open doors for us and, and open us up to levels of our consciousness that we have never seen before. Um, so we have one more chance at that for this late October to, to November. So we'll feel it, you know, when it changes signs, go from zero Aries back to 2959 um, Pisces. By the way, it's conjunct sheet, the fixed star sheet, which is this opportunity to really, um, gosh, you know, heart on your sleeve, like be there for other people, take care of others, not in a way, I have to be careful, we're not enabling or saving or martyring, because that's the dark side that could come up, being a martyr or a savior or a fixer, but we can look at it in terms of um, certainly selfless service, we could we could focus on that and really, and using our our bhakti, our devotion to the divine to create, you know, music, poetry, art, inspiration, dreams, journaling, you know, it's all this like really, really rich material at that time. And the last thing is October 30th, uh, in the middle of the eclipse season, where we got the lunar eclipse, November 8th, Mars goes retrograde in Gemini. And again, I've talked about that. You can look at previous episodes to Michael Martland and I, and it, it goes at 25 degrees of Gemini. And so there's this stepping back about goals and ambitions and beliefs. And um, anyway, the, the thing that I've never mentioned before is that I found out that Mars is out of bounds from right before it goes retrograde through May 3rd. So even though Mars will go direct around mid, late January, I can't remember exactly the date, but January 12th, I think. Hold on, let me, let me take a look real quick. Yeah, January 12th, Mars will go direct um, at what, eight degrees or so, Gemini. And even though it will be going direct, it'll still be out of bounds. And so out of bounds means that it's out of a, what is it, 23 degrees um, or so um, declination. And, and so as a planet moves through the ecliptic, what we don't always realize is it's not just moving in a straight line it actually and I give the analogy of a um, like a carousel horse where you know how certain certain horses they stay still but the fun ones is the ones that go up and down right as you go around the merry-go-round so that's kind of like a planet it goes up and down and around and around so as it goes through all the signs of the zodiac it's not just going it's going like this and occasionally when it reaches those boundaries was it 23 degrees uh, and 27 minutes? I think it is. When, when it goes above that 23 degree point or below the ecliptic on that, it's considered out of bounds. So it has this very kind of um, unstable, chaotic element to it. And it's and it, Mars goes out of bounds more than any other planet, only like 17% of the time. But it's it can be a very uh, jolty kind of retrograde-ish feeling because things are shaken up if you imagine like a basketball that goes flying into into the audience and the bleachers you know during a game and so it's out of bounds it's it's not playing according to the rules um so it can give a very wild card um aspect um to these months these several months right it's not till may 3rd that it leaves out of bounds and it goes back to its normal range um, but um, what what do we take from that? Well, it's certainly an important, um, it's something to consider in terms of um, the good part of it is some really outrageous um, ideas can be birthed. You know, it's like being and moving outside the box. 
I think it was Albert Einstein. He had not Mars, but I think he had the moon out of bounds in Sag. And he used to say, what was that famous line? Like the things that um, we are create, um, the problems that we created can't be solved by the, with, with the same thinking that created them, something like that. Well, yeah, Sagittarius, right? It's about un boundless imagination. So he was very comfortable with this boundless, uh, the, the, the sense of being, you know, this boundless um, worldview, you know? So, so I would say that, you know, Mars and Gemini is certainly in, in out of bounds is like, wow, uh, you know, my my teacher at Adam Ellenbos, he he was a tutor. He was Adam Ellenbos. And then three years ago, he changed his name and he took vows in the bhakti yoga tradition with the Krishnas, the Krishna community. And he just announced, and probably some of you heard if you follow his channel, he announced that he was leaving the Krishna community and going back to his old name, Adam Ellenbos. So um, there's a clat, there it is, Mars and Gemini, you know, in, in live coverage. Uh, and and so re you know moving in a new direction with names right Gemini Mercury names communication new beliefs right so he's he he did a pivot so we're we changing our mind and changing it again and with retrograde changing it back you know so I I think we'll see a lot of I think that probably um, we'll see a lot of religious. Uh, people who are religious or spiritual I I knew this several months ago I'm like wow we're really going to see there could be people, you know, who were would leave the church or what or whatever um, religious institution they may have belonged to. We see a lot of that, um, all kinds of things. Uh, actually, let me see. Where did I put that piece of paper? With oh yes, here it is. What happens? Goals change. Travel, travel changes. Travel plans change. Um, United Airlines said they were leaving JFK. You know, they're not going to fly there anymore. I'm like, wow, that's pretty massive. So you could see a lot of airline policy changes, new directions, new goals for the airlines. Um, Gemini being an air sign, right? Um, minds and beliefs change. One's intellect, one's ideas. Uh, data, we might find new data, new facts and information that are discovered that may be about the pandemic because... Um, new information, you know, um, it, very possible because Mercury Gemini rules the lungs. So, you know, in, when you think about air, airborne things, you know, that's one area that you might you might discover new new information. Um, athletes sold, you know, think about Mars being athletes or soldiers. You know, there's this this notion of maybe burnout and rest. Maybe you'll hear the stories around athletes that need to take a break. Uh, or resting or needing a rest. Um, I know that the soldiers were in, in the war with Putin, you know, the Russian soldiers, the Times intercepted all these text messages and found these soldiers were saying, what well, we're fed up with Putin. And, you know, you can see all this playing out uh, needing a rest and, you know, not wanting to participate anymore. Um, you know, on, on a mystical level, I could, you know, you could say on a really mystical level, Mars retrograde Gemini could take us into a whole nother, you know, telepathic, outrageous telepathic dimensions of thought, um, liminal space, since Mercury, Gemini, ruled by Mercury, is the god of liminal space, the space in between dimensions, right? There's this dimension, and there's this, and then there's a space in between. And you know, where do we want to go with that space in between? It's kind of like where all the magic happens. So that could, this could be a really cool time. 
you know, it, we don't have to look at it also as you know, like this war of words and chaos and violence. It's like, why, you know, maybe there are people who might get involved in that, you know, we don't want to certainly be, you know, leaning into that. But yes, knowing that undifferentiated people with um, that have some work to do might, you know, react and move in that direction. But there's also these higher planes that we can engage in. So I really like the idea about, you know, mystical mystical engagement with other realms of thought and the mind, higher mind. Um, I'm thinking too, you know, just, you know, you hear like, I, I think UFOs, you know, I know there's this new, what's the new acronym, UAPs or something, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Ugh, such a boring name, UAP. It just sounds like, it just sounds like some kind of like, I'm on a new insurance plan. It's called a UAP. Yeah, come on, let's be a little more imaginative. <laughs> so, anyway, UAP, forget it. UFOs. You might, we might be finding some, and especially that square with Neptune. It's like, wow, what just crossed my path? What was that thing? Is it a weather balloon? No. <laughs> maybe there's, maybe somebody will like, you know, fly in, in and out of another dimension, and you know, come back and share about it, or we'll do that in our dreams, or maybe while running and exercising we could have this otherworldly who knows you know it's like mars is out of bounds anything could happen i think about like you know when you hear about a plane that you know the bermuda triangle where people like planes and ships and all have disappeared and then reappear or maybe they never show up it's just weird you know um actually when mars was retrograde in 2014 remember that airline that that went missing and they never found the, the airline again, the Malaysian airlines. I don't know, it just like disappeared and off the radar. Like literally they never found the black box. You know, that's, that's a real Mars retrograde kind of thing, you know, like disappearing. Um, hopefully, I don't know whatever happened to them. It's just such a mystery. You know, we, we, we never got an official story. Um, I, it's just, I mean, a mystery, but, um, flying off into new directions we could say um and in a way that's you know completely out of the box you know <laughs> it could be a, a really uh exciting way to to use and engage mars retrograde so anyway that's what i have for you today that's my wrap up for the month of october i hope you've enjoyed this and gotten some value out of it um as ever like share subscribe we're very grateful we've hit over 500 people yay so thank you so much. And um, I hope that you all have a, a wonderful, wonderful month of October full of transformation and delightful surprises. <laughs> all right. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Namaste.